But because the glory of God was revealed in His Son, and because His Son did all the work on the cross and took your sin away, He died, went to hell, rose again to show that He had power over all death, grave sin, that He's God, the King of kings. He's the Creator of all life. He is the glory of God in a bodily form. Amen. And He rose into heaven. And the Bible tells us that He opened heaven for all of those who believe in Christ. So now when you die, you don't die. You just your body may rest in a grave, but you're going to be with the Lord over in glory land. Amen. And then one day we're, the trumpet shall sound and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Amen. And your soul that will be in heaven and your body that's in the grave and the resurrected body will rise up and your soul will enter into that body. Amen. And you will have a living body forever and all eternity just like Jesus Christ. He said, as he lives, so will you live. Amen. He is the fru- first fruits of the resurrection of God. He proved that it's capable. He's pro- he proved that he's did it all. Now we just have to trust in him and wait for him. Amen. And rejoice in him. Amen. Good morning all. It's good to have you here. Brother Ron, it's good to see you back again. Praise God. Brother Br- uh, Barry, it's good to see you back again. Amen. And uh, everyone else, it's good to have you here. We're going to start a new, a new Sunday school this morning, a new class. And I want to talk to you about where do people go when they die? Where did people go when they died? Like, let's talk about the very first death, Abel, okay? So let's look there. Let's look in Genesis chapter 4. And um, what I want to talk up to you about, quite a different thing, few different things. But I want to talk to you about hell. I'm going to talk to you about heaven. I'm going to talk to you about... Where do people go? Who are the people that go there and where do they go? I want to talk to you about angels in hell. I want to talk about devils not in hell. I want to talk to you about uh, Eden, Garden of Eden, paradise, Abraham's bosom. Uh, Talk to you about Jesus in hell. Talk to you about the devils in hell. So we're going to look at all these different things. This morning might be a little scattered. And then we're going to focus it down um, to certain events. Amen. But let's look in Genesis chapter 4. In Genesis 4, verse 10, we have something that happened. And Brian, if you could, Brian, if you could put that microphone on that stand down in the piano so that that her piano would be mic'd. If you look in verse 10 with me, it says, are you there? It says, and he said, what hast thou done? The voice of thy brother's blood crieth unto me from where? The ground. Here, this is a a wonderful verse. You ought to highlight it because what it does, it's proof by God himself of life after death. It's proof that you just don't die and cease to exist. It's proof that when you die, you're still alive. And here God's telling us that Abel was crying out to God after his body was dead on the ground. His blood was in the ground. Crying out to him alive. So where did Abel go? He was the very first human being ever to die. And so therefore there was no humans in hell. There was no, and, and I'm going to show you that heaven wasn't opened yet. So God had to prepare a place for humans to go when they die. And that's what I want to look at this morning. And that's uh, just to prove that. Now we're going to be turning around. It's his Sunday school. And I understand that some of you might not be so quick to get there. And we've got a lot of verses. So if you want to jot them down, just jot the verses down. And that way you can go back and look at them later. But turn to John chapter 3, please. John, the book of John chapter 3. And I just want to show you some proof in the text. And proof in, proof in the pudding, as they say. 
but proof in the word of God that Abel did not go to heaven when he died. Abel did not go to heaven when he died. God had to make another place for man. And I want to show you that. Say amen when you're in John 3. If you're in John 3, look with me please in verse 13. John 3, 13. Jesus is telling us, he says, no man has ascended up to heaven. You see that? No man means Abel too, right? means no man. No man has ascended into heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. Now we know that Christ is God, and I'm so glad that we know that. But at this time, they didn't know that. And at this time, Jesus didn't die on the cross yet. And at this time, he didn't pay for the sins of all mankind. And at this time, he didn't go to hell. And at this time, he didn't go to heaven. Do you understand? He's on this earth. But he also knows where he's at, which is in, look what he says, even the Son of Man, which is in heaven. See, he's in heaven because the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost are one. Amen. But here we have Jesus saying, no man has ever ascended into heaven. So it leaves a good question. Where did Abel go? And where did the people, and what did God have to do? Look in John chapter uh, 1, and look in verse 18 with me, please. In John 1, 18, it says this, No man has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, He has declared Him. So Jesus is sent down by God to tell us who God is, what God's like, what he looks like, what he acts like. And if you want to know what God is like, then get to know Jesus. Amen? Because Jesus is the express image of God himself. This is the whole mystery of godliness that it says in 1 Timothy. It says, for this is the mystery of godliness, that God, G-O-D, was manifest in the flesh. And so we know who Jesus is in the past tense. We know, but this time they did not know. But he says, no one has seen God at any time. Look in John 6 with me, John 6. And then we're going to Proverbs 30. John chapter 6, you there? Look in verse 46. It says, Not that any man has seen the Father, Save he which is of God has seen the Father. And he says, so what I'm trying to establish is that when Abel died, he didn't go to heaven. He didn't go and see God. No man has ascended into heaven. Do you understand that? So that's where we have to lay the foundation of where did people go when they died? Abel was called a righteous man. So there's no way that Abel would go to hell. So what did God do? Look in Acts chapter 2 quickly. Acts chapter 2, and then we're going to go and look in Deuteronomy 32 from Acts 2. Acts chapter 2, let me know when you're there. Look at, if you would please, well, I guess I'll start in 31. It says, he seeing this before spoke of the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in hell. Neither his flesh did see corruption. Now here it's telling us that Jesus, his body lay in the tomb. His spirit, where was his spirit? Tells us that when he was on the cross, he said, into thy hands I commit my spirit. So his spirit is with God, his body's in the tomb, but where is Christ? Where is the soul of Jesus? The Bible says he was in hell. He says he was in hell. Now, we're going we're to decipher this. 
because hell is a place that God prepared. God prepared a place, hell, Sheol, Hades, whatever you want to call it in different languages. But it's a place in the center of the earth, and I'll prove that by scripture, that God made for departed souls to go until Christ came to this earth and opened heaven for everyone. Because you got to remember, when Abel was told by God to offer a sacrifice for his sin, he did the right thing and he offered a lamb of the firstling of the lamb. And he even cut it up and offered it and God accepted his offering. That did not take away Abel's sin, that covered Abel's sin. That covered it, atoned for his sin, didn't take it away. It covered it. And that's how we have the institution of sacrifice and atonement and imputation of sin that God started all the way back in the garden with Adam and Eve. When Adam and Eve sinned, how did God cover them? How did God cover over their sin? He killed two innocent lambs, took their coats off of them, skinned them alive, so that for the wages of sin is death. Something has to die, something has to pay. God is the righteous judge. Don't ever think you get away with anything, because you don't. And you might seem like you get away with it, you don't get away with anything from God. Even when it looks like people commit murder or anything, or the worst heinous crimes, and you want to go and, and, and kill them, God said, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. God knows how to punish way greater than you ever could, amen? And he's made a place, but look with me if you would, in Deuteronomy, is that where I told you? Deuteronomy 32. Deuteronomy 32, look in verse 22 with me. It says, For a fire is kindled in my anger, and shall burn into what? The lowest hell, and shall consume the earth with her increase, and set on fire the foundation of the mountains. Here, God is telling us that the, the, the hell, as we know it, is in the lowest parts of the earth. We're going to see that in a minute as well. Look with me, if you would, in Second Peter chapter 2, and then we're going to Ephesians. I told you, it's going to turn around a lot. Second Peter chapter 2, and then Ephesians. We're going to be a little bit scattered at the beginning, then we'll settle down. Let me know when you're there. Second Peter chapter 2, look in verse 4. It says, for if God spared not the angels that sinned, but what did he do to them? He cast them down to hell to be delivered into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment. That's what hell is. It's a place to be reserved unto judgment. It is a holding cell, if you will. It is a prison. It's going to jail, but you have not yet received your punishment. And that's how bad, how bad it must be that hell's not even the real resting place of your punishment. Oh my goodness. But if God says the angels, now you have, you have Abel that sinned and you have angels that sinned. Angels go into hell. Where does Abel go? And I want to look at that in a minute. But um, where did I tell you? Ephesians 4. Turn to Ephesians 4, please. In Ephesians chapter 4, look with me if you would in verse 9. It says this. Well, if you, if you look on verse 8, we'll start at 8. 
It says, wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, that means going into heaven, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Now, I'll, I'll get to there, but what he's saying is when Jesus entered into heaven, he led the, all the people that were captive with him into heaven. Where were these people captive? They were in hell, but not in the place of torment. Because we're going to see that in hell, according to Luke chapter 16 and other places, there is a great... I, I, nobody knows exactly where it's at, but we know it's in the center of the earth. Nobody knows exactly how big it is or anything like that. I don't know. But all I do know is that I read some articles and they're talking about hollow earth. Did anybody ever read an article about the hollow earth? Yeah. And they, you know, scientists are starting to believe that there's hollow inside, the, not the center, but inside, a great vast. So could you imagine a, a, an area, the size, just say the size of the moon inside the earth. You know what I mean? It's possible. But God made a place inside the earth, and he made a place for angels to go and a place for his saints to go. And it's all in a place called hell. But in hell, there's two compartments. One that goes down, deep down into the fires, and sides of the pit, and darkness, and another where there's a great gulf fixed. I don't know what a gulf is, I just know the Gulf of Mexico, okay? It's a great span, I don't know how big it is. But on the other side of that gulf is a place called paradise. It's a place where God prepared for Abel, a place for Abel to go, a place for Adam to go, a place for Eve to go, a place for all the souls that depart from this earth that were covered by the blood of the sacrifice of the Lamb. They were, not, they were not sinless. They were covered. They were taken care of by God's plan. And they cannot be sinless until Christ comes and takes away the sin of every soul that's ever been born. What Christ has done is an, such an amazing feat, and we're going to look in that. But look what it says. Wherefore he, he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Now that he ascended, that means into heaven, but what is it, uh, I'm sorry, what is it but that he also descended, where? Into the lower parts of the earth. You see that? It tells us where Jesus went. He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens. Why? That he might fill all things. That verse right there gives me lots of lots of just answers. You see, why did God have to go to hell? Why did Jesus have to become a man? Why did and all these answers why that he might fill all things? And it answers a lot for me, Anton. I remember uh, going to uh, Commerce Bank. Remember, it's TD Bank now. Back in the day, Commerce. And I used to go there. I used to know all the managers real well. And I knew everybody. And I'd go in there. I had my own business. So I was there all the time. And I remember one talking to the one, I don't know if it was the assistant manager or whatever. And they were just kind of, you could see they were a little upset. And I said, what's going on? And they said, oh, Jennifer, our manager, got tr moved. And they got that we have a new manager. I said, oh, really? And I wanted to get to know the manager. And they said, yeah. And I said, what's wrong? And they said, she doesn't have a clue what she's doing. And she's coming to us. She's our boss. And she doesn't know how to even open an account. Right? And they were like all kind of had attitudes because here she's the boss and she's coming to them and saying, how do you do this and how do you do that? And I, and I, and I thought about this as Jesus is the boss. Amen? He didn't just say, hey, go do it for me. He went and did it for you. Do you understand? He went and did it all so that no one's ever going to stand before him and say, you don't understand it was what it was like. 
You know what I mean? There's nobody going to be coming in with their, with their ripped jeans and their little poor sneakers and stand before the Lord and say, you don't understand what it was like to be poor. Uh, really? I was born in a barn. You know what I mean? It's like, you don't know what it's like to be this. Yeah. And he knows, and that's why he filled all things. He was poor. He, was, he became sin. He knows what it's like to be the, the, a, a, a rapist. He knows what it's like. All the sin of the world was on him. And so it's really great to know that we have a God that is so just, so good, so amazing, so righteous, that he took everything for us. So could you imagine he, he, he could never, you could never even come out of hell and say, you don't know what it's like to be in hell. He knows what everything's like. And what a great God. I, that just gives me great consolation. Amen. And, and if you would look with me, if, um, let me see where we're going. Did I, we already read Second Peter 2, 4? Yes. Okay, thank you. Look in Psalm 63, please. Psalm 63, I'm sorry to make you jump all over the place, but from there we're going to go back to the New Testament in, in Colossians 2 after that. I just feel bad me can go all the way over, because I have my Bible marked, so it's easy for me. I, had to, I spent 20 minutes putting little markings where I'm going. I know you didn't. But in Psalm 63, look in verse 9 with me. It says, but those that seek my soul to destroy it, shall go into the, there it is again, lower parts of the earth. I want you to understand that this is real. And this is where souls, departed souls, used to go. This is where souls go when they die without the blood of Jesus Christ upon their souls. Without the atonement for their souls, they're going in the lowest parts of the earth. And it is a place called hell. Look in Colossians chapter 2 with me, please. Colossians chapter 2, you all there? Look in verse 15. It says, well, let's read 14 only because it's good. It says, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, talking about Jesus, and he took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. And having spoiled, that means robbed, ripped off, taken from them, principalities, having spoiled principalities, and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. Do you know how he triumphed? Do you know how he showed openly? By the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, by the powers of hell, by the power of sin, died. Jesus Christ, by the power of the grave, was buried in the grave. Jesus Christ, by the power of hell itself, was in hell. But Jesus Christ, by the power of God, left hell. He, hell had no power over him. He literally was able to leave it. It just gives me such excitement when I think about him in paradise, being able to walk across the great gulf that nobody could ever walk across. Him to be able to walk through the fires of hell and not be touched, just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the book of Daniel, walking in the fire. Him walking into the lowest parts of the earth and preaching to the angels there, walking back and then finally after three days and three nights said okay boys let's go and he resurrects from the dead and we know the story that when he resurrected many of the old testament saints resurrected and they were all walking around you know why because jesus in his absolute amazing authority and in his absolute amazing priesthood in his absolutely amazing humanhood in his love for mary mary magdalene was by his his sepulcher crying and he made a stop 
He resurrects from the dead. And the only reason people were still walking around, people were because they had nowhere to go. The resurrected souls that he led captive said, let's go. They got in the resurrected bodies. You listening to me? Listening good. And, and they were supposed to go right into heaven. But Jesus didn't go into heaven yet. So they couldn't. So he resurrects. They're all resurrected. He stops for a moment and talks to Mary. And says, Who you, why are you crying? And she says, because they've taken my master. If you know where he is, she, he thought he was the gardener. And he said, and she said, if you know where he is, please tell me so I can go get him. And he said, Mary. And she said, Rabomai, it's the Lord. And she went to touch him. And he said, touch me not, Mary, for I have not yet ascended to my father. He was taking his blood as the high priests did once a year on the day of atonement to atone for Israel. He was taking his blood because Jesus is prophet, priest, and king. On the earth, alive, prophet. Right now in heaven, high priest and coming king of kings. And he's in, and so he says to Mary, I have not yet ascended. So because of that, we have this, it just blows me away that he would do that just for Mary. And he said, because a high priest could not be touched. Touch me not, Mary. And so I don't know how long this happened. Five minutes, ten minutes, I don't know. Half hour, I have no idea how long this took. But he's talking to Mary, and he said, Touch me not yet, Mary, for I have not yet ascended to my father. But go and tell my brothers. Tell Peter, James, and John that I'm alive. Amen? And, 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 I'll meet. and so then Mary, Mary like, is just like, I can't believe it. She runs back. and tells. So Jesus goes into heaven. And by the time that, that, she, that he goes into heaven and places the blood, now all the souls that were in paradise, that were in Abraham's bosom, that were in the sun, were able now to access into heaven. And now they all, that's where, why Apostle Paul, after the resurrection of Christ, said, for me to depart is better, because to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. You understand? When you die now, because Christ opened heaven, because you die now, Boom, we go right to heaven. Before Christ resurrected from the dead, when you died, you went down into paradise, a great place, but not heaven. Amen. And we're going to look what was in paradise. We're going to see that it was the Garden of Eden was, was, a, was God's garden. That's what the Garden of Eden was. God planted a garden. So it was God's garden. Imagine how nice it must have been. I can just imagine what God's garden looked like. Amen. Yeah, and he made man... To put in that garden to take care of it. That was a, a, a Adam's job. Take care of God's garden. Then Abraham, um, Adam got kicked out of the garden, right? And then all of a sudden, what happened? The flood came and destroyed everything. So where did the garden go? And that's where we're going to see in a little bit that the garden God put in the center of the earth. And that's where he put all the people. So really cool stuff if, you, if, you, if you're into that, which I am. Um, uh, where do I want to go? Look in... Look in Second Peter two four. Since we're there, we're close. I know. And then we're going to Jude one six. In Second Peter, it tells us that Jesus, in chapter two verse four, it tells us that. Um, It says, if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell uh, into chains of darkness to be reserved to judgment and spared not the old world, 
but save Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing the flood upon the world on the, of the ungodly. Now look in First Peter chapter um, three. You there? Look in verse 19 with me. It says, By which also he went and preached unto the spirits in prison. Now he just told us that these spirits are in the lowest parts of the earth, in chains of darkness. And here it says, which some talking about Jesus. He said he went and he preached unto these spirits that were in prison in hell, which in verse 20, which sometimes were disobedient. When once the long suffering of God waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was a preparing, wherein few, that is eight souls, were saved by, by uh, water. So here we have these angels that sinned are, who are they? And why are they in chains of darkness? But other devils are still loose today. Do you know when Jesus was on the earth, there was plenty of devils around. They would possess people. And when Jesus came into town and he, they got close to him, they sh- trembled and they shaked and they would, they would rip the person and the person would cry out and said, What are we to do with you, Jesus, Son of God, Nazareth? Have you come to torment us before the time? They knew that there was a time coming for them to be tormented. But here, these, they're devils, amen? But these are angels. And these angels, which kept not the first estate, what it says in Jude. Did we read that yet? I didn't think so. Let's go to Jude. In Jude chapter 1, of course, in verse 6, it says, And the angels, which kept not their first estate, that means where they lived, and left their, I'm sorry, that means the body in which they lived in, but left their own habitation, that means where they lived, he has reserved in everlasting chains under darkness, under the judgment of that great day. Here now, we, ha- we find out who these angels were. Why are they in hell and others aren't? Because these angels, not devils, these angels in Genesis chapter 6, they, took, they changed their form from angelic beings into bodily form. You say, how, how can an angel do that? Well, in Genesis chapter 19, it says that, God, that the Lord showed up with two angels at the tent of Abraham, and he saw them, ate with them, drank with them, wrestled with them. It tells us that in, Jude, in Judges chapter 13, that uh, Samson's parents met an angel. They didn't know he was an angel, that he ate with them, talked with them, drank with them. Angels can take on bodily forms if they're, if they're, because they're allowed, they're able to do that. Then we know in, in Hebrews chapter 13, it says you better watch it because some of you have entertained angels unawares. You didn't know it. So we know by scripture that an angel can turn into a human body. Doesn't mean they're human, but they can turn in human body. That means they can do everything a human can do. See, some people try to say, well, they can eat, drink, sleep, rest, talk. You can't tell, but they can't procreate. Yeah, they can. And, but, they are, but when an angel takes on the body of, of a human, they are told to do it by God. Do you understand? God tells them to do it. And so they're following orders. And when they, and when they follow those orders, it's for a purpose and a reason that God has. Understand? And just like an angel went and met Peter 
when he was in prison and an angel touched him and Peter woke up and his chains fell off and he said, let's go, Pete, we're out of jail. It's a jailbreak. We're breaking you out of jail. Amen. And so angels can, we know all through scriptures that they become human, but when they happen in angels in chapter six of Genesis, these angels were deceived by the prince of, of the devils uh, who used to be the one and only cherub angel that was covering of God. His name is Lucifer in the Bible, a light bearer, but now he's the devil and Satan that he deceived the angels. That's why Jesus had to go and preach to them in prison because those angels who left heaven and changed their form were not told to do it by God. They did it listening to Lucifer. Do you understand? And they changed their, bo- their bodies and they did it for one purpose and one purpose only, to, to have sexual relations with women. In Genesis chapter 6, it says that, they, that the sons of God, which are angels, saw the daughters of men, two whole distinct different races. And he says that they were fair to look at and they took them wives of all that they wanted. And this was all the plan of Satan himself trying to stop Genesis 3.15 when God told Satan, told Adam and Eve that the seed of the woman was going to be born and he was going to crush the head of Satan, the principalities and powers that we just talked about. So Satan, from the very beginning in Genesis 3, has been trying to stop that from happening by polluting the line of Eve. Do you understand? So he had so many angels, don't know how many, but it was a lot. Don't know how many, but it was a lot. And there wasn't that many people on the earth at the time. A, a lot, but not, it wasn't like it is now. And so therefore they started to just procreate. Well, now you have an angelic being and a human being procreating And it was an abomination. And the Bible says in Genesis 6 that there was giants in the land in those days. If you look up the Hebrew word for giant is Nephilim. Nephilim means mighty fallen ones. Here, It's really interesting when you think about it. You know the, the Greek gods, Zeus and Hercules and all them kind of things. Where do you think all that stuff came from? Like where do you think all these gods and stuff came from? They came from before the flood. Because when, when Noah was saved and his son, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, they told the stories of things that happened. And those stories were told down in, and, and it talks about men of renown, men of old, men of before. And it says in Genesis 6 that these, that these angels, they, once you became a man, guess what? Guess who else became a man? God's son. God became a man. And why did he become a man? It says for the, so he could die. So once an angel becomes a man, guess what? He can die. And angels can't die, but the body of that angel can die. Just like Jesus' body died, didn't it? Amen? And so, therefore, that's why the devil, and I know I'm scattering a little bit, but the the devil has never taken on a body because he's smart. He knows once he takes on a body, he's stuck in that body, and that body can die. You see, when, when angels were allowed to be human beings, that was an order of God. But that means they can, it shows us they can do it. But when an angel disobeys God and becomes it, guess what? They can't get back. God's not allowing them back as spirits in heaven. So they're stuck in that bodily form. So why do you think it says in Genesis 6 that it made God disgusted man, that he even made man? And so God wiped out every single living thing on the planet at the flood. And it wasn't because of man. It was because of angels becoming men and, trying, and procreating. 
And all these things are absolutely amazing to me, and I love talking about them. But the reason I said all that, in case you didn't know, was that those angels that, that change their bodies, they're the angels that are in chains of darkness. Now, what about their offspring? What about these Nephilims? What about these giants? Where are their half-breeds? They're like a half-breed of, of, of a human and a... So what's with them? I don't know personally. My biggest guess is they're the demons and the devils that are alive today. They're the ones that are alive today that possess people because they used to be kind of people. They had a, a relationship with the physical world and the spiritual world. Do you understand? And that's why they, these unclean evil spirits want to inhabit human beings so that they can live out their lives. They can feel, taste, touch, and all those kind of things. And this, and we're not getting into demonology today, but it's something for you to think about and we'll talk about it at a later date. But the, that's why they're alive today. But the angels, Angels whose sin left the first estate, they're in chains of darkness and hell. God put them in hell, amen? Now, I just said a whole lot, big mouthful. I don't even know if I read the whole verse yet. Did I read everything in Jude? I had no clue me either, I know. First Peter 3.19 says, By which also he went and he preached unto the spirits in prison, which sometimes were disobedient. When once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah while the ark was preparing, wherein few, that is, eight souls were saved. Now, let's turn to Deuteronomy 29. Like I said, we're going to, a little scat, I'm giving you all, a whole bunch of stuff, and then we're going we're gonna to focus it down on where did Jesus go exactly? Where did Abel go exactly? Where does the devil go? And all that kind of stuff. So in Deuteronomy chapter 29, forgive me, I didn't turn there. Look with me if you would in verse 18. You there? It says, lest there should be among you a man or a woman or family or tribe whose heart turns away this day from the Lord our God to go and serve the gods of these nations, lest they should be among you a root that bears gall and wormwood. And it come to pass when he hears the words of this, what? Curse. That he bless himself in his heart, saying, I shall have peace. Though he walk in the imaginations of my heart to add drunkenness to thirst. It says in verse 20, the Lord will not spare him, but then the anger of the Lord and his jealousy shall smoke against that man. And all the curses that are written in this book shall lie upon him and the Lord shall blot out his name from under heaven. Here we have a curse upon all the people that disobey God or all the people that that rebel against God and all the people of the whole planet. Where do they go when they die? And that's why God is going to, I'm going to show you, God says that all these souls are a curse. They're cursed by God. And they go where the angels go when they're cursed. They go into the place called hell. Amen. Look at me at what in Matthew 25, and I think I might finish here or next one. Matthew 25. Let me know when you're there. Matthew 25, look in verse 41 with me. It says, Then shall he say unto them on his left hand, Depart from me, what? Ye cursed. You see this? Into everlasting fire 
prepared for the devil and his angels. So we know that hell wasn't made for human beings. It was made for the devil and his angels. And that's where the angels go when they sin against God. They go to hell. Amen. Chains of darkness. But now where do all the cursed people go that have rejected God? Like we know that Abel wasn't cursed, was he? Abel was blessed by God. Even though he died, he was still alive. And God made it prepared a place for him. We'll see that. But now think about his brother, Cain. Where did Cain go? He was cursed. He was the first cursed person. A child of Cain. Who was a child of the devil. Because Cain listened to Satan and obeyed him. And Abel listened to God and obeyed him. And here now you have the first mentioning of the race of the human race where you're either blessed or you're cursed. Cursed, go to hell. Blessed, go with Christ. And it's a very serious thing and I want you to take it seriously because the cursed people are the people that do not obey God. And it's very, very simple when you boil it down to what happened. But look with me, if you would, in Matthew, uh, same chapter, look in 34. It says, Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father, and heard the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. So God prepared a place for the devil and his angels, and God prepared a place for man. We know that John 14, we might as well finish with that. John chapter 14. We know what Jesus said about that. Great scripture. Should give you comfort. I'll be honest with you. <clears throat> I got saved at 31. And I, I never heard this stuff like explained like I'm trying to explain it. I heard of hell. I heard of heaven. heard of Jesus. You know, all these things. But I didn't hear, know, understand it. But the truth of the matter was, is I was a cursed man. You know why? Not because I was bad and evil, but because I didn't believe God. I was believing and following that which, when I found out later, was Satan. He deceived me. He lied to me. I thought when someone said, yeah, you need to be born again, I thought, no, I don't. That's crazy people. You know what I mean? I thought when people said, if you don't have Christ, you're going to hell. Yeah, yeah, that's what they say to scare people. And that's exactly what the devil did to Adam and Eve, you know. He deceived them. And they followed him and then instead of God. And that is the greatest sin. We're going to look at that in a minute. <clears throat> in, Gen- in John chapter 14, starting in 1 to 3, it says, Let not your heart be troubled. I'll tell you right now that when I learn of what hell is and, and how real it is and where all the cursed go, I, my heart gets troubled. Amen. I'm like, oh no, I don't want to go to hell. Because the worst thing in the whole world could ever happen is someone that thinks they're going to heaven. But yet, and wakes up, they die and they wake up in hell. And because it happens to millions of people, and it's not because they're bad and they're evil, it's because they don't believe God. And that's what it's all about. Trust, believe what God tells you. Because you're either going to believe what God tells you, or you're going to believe what the devil tells you. Now, of course, the devil's not going to show up as the devil and say, I'm the devil, believe me. He's going to show up as an angel of light of some sort. But look, he says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God? Believe also in me, he said. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. Look what he said. I go 
to prepare a place for you. We're going to see next week about the prepared place, about the trees of Eden, about the Garden of Eden being down in a place called paradise. And where every person that died is covered by the blood of their sacrifice, the lamb, goes to. And then we're going to look at hell and the different levels in hell and the sides of the pit. I'll tell you right now, when I was, before I knew any of this stuff, I had like a vision one time. God gave me a vision and I thought I was fine. I thought I was good. And I'll be honest with you, it was a vision of me just, I I was doing the dishes and I had a vision. All of a sudden, I just, I, I can't explain it. When you have a vision, you'll know. It's not a dream, it's a vision. And I was on the sides of this cavern that went really, really deep, the sides of a cliff, kind of dark, dark. And it went way dark down, and I all of a sudden just like, was there. It was just a little spot like this size, and I'm trying to figure out what's happening. All of a sudden, the, the top of the cave started coming down and coming, and it crushed me slowly, and it was horrible. And, and I was like, ah! And then all of a sudden, it went back up, and I was alive again. And then it did it again, and that was like, being tormented, it was disgusting. And all of a sudden, I woke up again. There I was, like doing the dishes, gone. Holy moly, what just happened? Like that was crazy. And that's when I realized. But I wasn't far from out of the pit. And then I didn't even know it. And David, in other places of the Bible, says that you go to the sides of the pit. There's different degrees in hell. Is my point. There's the lowest hell. There's the, there's lower parts of earth. There's the sides of the pit. But all these things we'll look at in the future time. We'll read this last verse. Look what he said. Verse 3. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, you may be also. Amen. A prepared place. I'm out of time. I hope and pray that you got something out of it this morning. Next week, we'll get into the details of each one. I just wanted to scatter it out there for you. Amen. Give you a little taste, like throw a little bait out there with a hook and try to hook you in. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the word of God. Thank you for Jesus Christ. Thank you for the blood of the covenant. Thank you for him taking hell for us so we'll never have to go. Lord, we love you. We praise you. I just pray that anybody, Lord, in this day is not truly born of you, born of God, saved from hell. I pray today would be the day. We love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.